you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin and welcome to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. With me, as usual, is my co-host, Big Jim Mack. So Jim, how are you doing today? Ah, doing well. I always enjoy uh, hearing the Big Jim Mack, you know, uh, gets me pumped up and excited to talk about uh, uh, another podiatry marketing topic. So, so I was uh, on Facebook a few weeks ago and you had posted something, might have been on LinkedIn actually, and then I was commenting and I was going to write Big Jim Mack. How would you like to see the Mack written? MC <laughs> or MAC? Considering your surname's MC, but that just looks like Big Jim MC. Yeah, it's quite the conundrum right there, right? Uh, so it's really, you know, it's Jim Mick Daniel. So like I never, I got called Jim, Jimmy Mack when I was in uh, podiatry school. So usually they would be MAC. Yeah, So okay. uh, yeah, just MAC works. Work just for right. future reference, when I, <laughs> when I make comment to you in professional pages and I call you Big Jim Mack. Oh. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that uh, LinkedIn post kind of blew up there. And uh, <laughs> it did. It went definitely well. Had a, it definitely had more than a, a couple of comments and uh, reactions. So definitely, uh, yeah, definitely was a good one. What, what I liked about that post too was uh, other than you gave recognition to a lot of people, I liked my name came first, which was great. <laughs> that, was, that was very much on purpose, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> but you could tell the people in the, who were very appreciative of you giving them a mention, but also you could tell the people who obviously have known you for a few years because you see the different comments sort of flowing through from people. <laughs> hey, Jim, yeah, it's good to see you. So it was, uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was a great post. Yeah, it's, uh, for the people that haven't looked on my LinkedIn, it was basically just a post like saying if, kind of breaking down some different podiatry topics and trying to say like, okay, if you want, you know, great podcasts and business coaching, Tyson Franklin is your, is your person. And I just kind of put every mention all different people in different categories of podiatry or medicine in general. So yeah, those, those type of posts work pretty well, but you can't do them too often because if you're doing it every month or two months, people get annoyed that you're mentioning them. So, you know, once every six months or a year of a post like that is usually pretty good. Uh, you can mention me anytime you want. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so in the past, we've talked a lot about kind of authentic photos, right? You need authentic photos of your ideal patients, make them prominent on all your social media and on your website. But today we're going to get into specific, a specific type of photo. And that's basically how, do we, how can you create a workflow for fantastic before and after photos? And, you know, we, you know we've talked in the past as well about it's not really what you say about yourself that matters, but it's you know, what other people say about you. And mm. sometimes these before and after photos can be another extension of that, right? People can see if they have a bunion and they come to your practice, what might a patient go through from what did it look like at the beginning? And then they either did something surgically with you. What was that surgical result look looking like uh, in the real world, right? So I think that can be a pretty powerful thing. And we'll kind of get into specifics today about, you know, why, why people don't do it as you know, what are the kind of current problems or why doesn't everybody do it right now? Uh, what are some different ways to use it either for your internal within your clinic or externally in your marketing and just some best practices and some ideas that um, will help you facilitate a workflow that works for, for you and your practice. So yeah, and you were mentioning there's some other professions that are already using this really, really well. Yeah, so we talked a little bit before the show started that, you know, I, I, I try to keep my ear 
to the ground and my finger on the pulse as far as what's happening in different medical specialties and kind of you know taking good ideas from other places and utilizing it with the the people that I you know do their digital marketing and one of those areas that's been interesting to me recently is the kind of the cosmetic surgery or the aesthetic uh, clinicians um, they really are all about before and after photos and. Uh, this is not something that happens by circumstance, you know, or or by chance. They don't just like grab their iPhone when they're seeing a patient and then you know take a picture of it and then hope they have a HIPAA compliant you know way to capture and then find mm. that photo in the future. They have systems and workflows they put into place, and, and you know really is part of how they educate their patient as well. It's not necessarily um, just for there and for promotional material, but it's also a great way to educate patients. So yeah, you can, there's a lot you can learn from other specialties. I know that there's a lot of crossover for surgeons, you know, with orthopedic surgeons. So learning from other areas of medicine can be really beneficial. And that was kind of the inspiration for today's topic. Yeah. I like what you said there too. It's about the, the planning and the thinking about, and the workflow of how you're going to take the photos. It's not just, Oh, I happen to have a foot in front of me that looks exciting. Snap on your iPhone and now where do we put that somewhere and what are we going to do with it? And then how do you find it later? It's actually having a process in place of, so are you saying people should do this with all patients or only specific cases? Yeah, I think, it, you know, like we'll talk about kind of how to work it into to yeah. the kind of the, the flow, the patient flow. But I think it is one of those things where if you have a, a reasonable setup, you know, I know everyone listening to this podcast, especially in the US at least has like their x-ray room, right? But I can see there could be some benefit of having kind of a, a photo room, right? So if you have, you know, some kind of a foot deformity or you have a, we talked about ingrown toenails or uh, fungal toenails or warts or other types of, you know, different dermatological issues can, you know, if you take photos of it, um, it can be a very, very powerful thing. So for me, it's about, you know, how can we keep it simple for the, for somebody's staff, yeah. right? We don't be scrambling, trying to get photos of these things if they don't, they're not needed, but there's probably certain conditions or certain indications where, you know, it's just something to check off the box along with x-rays or then, you know, uh, getting kind of a preliminary history and physical, you know, from your staff member, it's just something that should be taken care of. So you have that level of personalization too, right? So if you can have an image of somebody's foot, you know, on a computer screen or showing them the angles, um, obviously of their real foot in front of them, but also what a surgical correction could be, could look like with their actual foot. It's going to be much more powerful than just something, you know, foot models can be helpful, but you know, something more per personalized care is, is a big thing these days and ways to personalize it more, uh, is more relatable to patients, uh, and kind of, kind of drives things home a little more strongly. Okay. So where uh, you did mention that, you know, if, like in the States, they will have an x-ray room. Mm -hmm. but you, And you mentioned that they could have actually a photo room. So a person would go in there, sit down, and they've got all the lighting already prepared. They just know, flick a couple of switches, everything's on, instead of trying to find a room and there's too many shadows and every room is different and sometimes the quality of the photo isn't going to turn out. So you're saying that that's like one of the first steps you should try and do is try and have one particular place where it's set up to take quality photographs. Yeah, I think if people are really wanting to get into this, that's the way to do it, right? If you're going to have your own kind of dedicated photo area, it could be on, you know, there's different systems I've seen available. Um, one of the websites I like to check out, and I don't know what the pricing is of it, but there's definitely different price points that are available. But uh, it's called uh, simplestudios.pro is the website. And yeah. it's just a way to see some different uh, setups. There's some more customized setups that are probably more expensive, but there's also things like, 
how to put a you know an extra iPhone on a tripod with a you know video um, mic and some lighting. There, there's obviously there's lots of different ways to kind of set up a system like that. But what you really want to do is you want to ensure consistent and comprehensive documentation of what you're doing, and, and you don't want to be just like like kind of running and gunning or being kind of on the fly. If you have a standardized approach, it's going to kind of guarantee more high quality consistent images, which is going to be really crucial to make sure that not only can you use it in the clinic, but potentially in your marketing, right? You don't want to have shabby photos that go out to the public if you have permission, right? So the, the, the fact that you can have this dedicated space, if, if, uh, if you want to have these before and after photos, I think is a, is a no brainer because if you really want to have a streamlined system, you know, making it easy for your staff to get the patient in, onboard them and kind of get the essential things done, uh, before you see them, it has to be a smooth process. And if you're just kind of doing things on the fly, it's not going to be that way. Yeah, and I suppose it's even when we've spoken in the past about creating videos or creating other content, even when we're doing the podcast, I assume when we, like, I don't know if you were the same as me, Jim, but when I first started doing podcasting, it'd be, oh, go do a podcast today. And I'd be clicking <laughs> everything together and putting everything in place and trying to find where I was going to do it from. But now everything is so set up that as soon as we go do a podcast, it's, Everything's already here. It's just flick a couple of switches, turn a few things on, and we are actually ready, ready to go. I think that's a perfect example. You know, the first couple of times that we were recording, right? Like we were trying to figure out when is our schedule going to be, what works for us, yeah. what type of equipment are we going to use, not only to to host the website, but to record the web, uh, to record the podcast, to you know, to promote the podcast. Like how, like what is my background going to be? What is the lighting going to be? All those kind of decisions. If you're having to make those all those decisions every single time you're going to do something, it makes it very onerous and almost to the point where after a few of them you probably want to give up or quit. But if you have dedicated equipment, you know you get into the flow with the software you have. You understand where how you save things. It's like whenever you hand off um, the finished episodes for me to upload to our our webs our um, podcast host, right? Like I know it's going to be in this folder. Yeah. I just have to go find it. I have to upload it, and I have a workflow for those things. But if you decide you're just going to try to run and gun it and not have a workflow, you're going to have a very bad time. And and not only are you going to have a bad time, the patient's going to have a bad time, bad experience. Your staff is probably going to be super annoyed with you. So it's really important if you want to do this, and I think it is, can be a very powerful thing and not a lot of podiatry clinics are currently doing. So it'd be a great way to kind of differentiate yourself from others in your local area, um, get some, and we'll, we'll kind of go over the, what the f workflow is, but um, put together a workflow that works for you and your staff uh, to make this thing happen. I like what you said then too. It's, it's something that can set you apart from what everybody else is doing. So if you had an actual process, and like you said, once the process is in place and everybody is on board with how the workflow is, it will just happen instantaneous. And if a patient came in all of a sudden, they were taken to a certain room, certain photographs were taken, and they're like, oh, and if they've ever been anywhere before and that's never happened, then you go, well, that was a, that was a different experience. No, I think that's a, it's, a, it's going to separate yourself from others, but also it's one of those things where it's a, a powerful way to generate consistent content potentially, right? I know yeah. that our UK and Australian users maybe not can't use it externally in their marketing and such, but even internally, having that stuff to show the patient during the treatment course, and this kind of gets into the, the reasons why you want to have a workflow in the first place, is number one, it's 
the consistency and documentation. This isn't only good for you in the marketing of your practice, but this is a great way to educate patients, but also show them the type of care you're providing them, right? If, like we talked about previously, Tyson, if someone came in three months ago for laser nail treatment for the onychomycosis, and they don't think that anything has changed, yeah. and you know it has, when you have photos to show them, look, we've had three centimeters of improvement on that nail. That's what, about what we would expect. It kind of just helps facilitate the communication between the patient and the doctor in a way where you're not at a combative, like, you know, <laughs> he said, she said situation there. There's documentation there. So when you systemically do it from the start, you know, it leads to consistent and comprehensive collection of treatment records, which is, you know, something that is going to benefit, you know, you in, in multiple ways. Yeah. And we used to do the same thing with a patient if they came in just for routine foot care bit of corns, calluses on the bottom of the feet. We would take a photo of the bottom of their foot, sometimes beforehand, and then as soon as I'd finished the treatment, I'd show them again. I'd take another photo and show them the end result. And patients would just go, oh my God, I didn't realize how disgusting my feet looked to start with <laughs> and how good they looked when they finished. But even long-term, if that person eventually went down the whole biomechanical and orthotic path, that you could show them photos a year, two years later, of this is what the foot looked like when they first came in, and where things were building up, and then you show them down the track how it's improved. I tell you, it's it, it keeps them. Uh, they become raving fans of your business, and they tell other patients about you. Well, it's exactly that, right? It's it's another form of patient communication. Like we can our words, and we can write things, but when we see something, just us being humans, right? We recognize it, and it's a way to communicate that improvement or to engage with people. And you know, during that initial visit, when you explain the process of you know benefits of before and after photos, it really helps them understand, uh, you know. And, and you can kind of set clear expectations that will build trust with people, right? Mm. You know, you can show them, you know, 10 different bunionectomies that you did, or here's what, here's what you can expect kind of a before and after of a ingrown toenail to look like, right? So, oh, I'm worried about you taking out that chunk of nail. It's going to make me look, I'm going to have a skinny toenail after that, right? But <laughs> yeah. like, or, or a big gap, right? You take that nail out and people are like, oh my gosh, there's a huge gap there. You didn't tell me that huge gap would be there, but if they can show them some photos of like before and after what it's going to look like it's going to set their mind at ease and they're going to have reasonable expectations and they'll feel well informed uh, about their kind of treatment options and the kind of patient journey that they want to go on to yeah so what's the workflow what have you i, I suppose you have some ideas on the perfect workflow yeah so i mean like we talked about it's, it's really about uh you know, as far as kind of the benefits of it, we'll get into first and we'll yeah. maybe talk about the specific workflow. But um, it's also one of the most important parts of the workflow is getting consent or um, agreement from the patient, right? So, you know, the, the good thing about it, I would say that uh, the photos we take as podiatrists is that we're not taking anything. Um, it's all below the knee, right? Yeah. So we don't have to worry about somebody's face or other parts, more sensitive areas of somebody's body being shown. I would say that sometimes people are somewhat uh, shy or, you know, you know, like they're, they're, like people don't always appreciate the complexity and the beauty uh, of a foot, right? They can just like, oh, my, my feet are gross. I wouldn't want to do that. But, you know, like I talked about getting them to sign the consent and having an efficient way for them to be consented in a kind of a stepwise fashion where you're explaining what you're going to be doing with these photos um, and making sure that you're legally compliant and that you're respecting the patient's privacy, right? If, if they absolutely don't want any taken, you don't have to, but really explaining to them the why you're documenting it this way um, and it's kind of up to them about how they could potentially be shared, but obviously never with their health information. But getting uh, that, that routine 
uh, that consistent management uh, of getting that that signed consent is really really important. Okay. Once they okay, so they give you the consent. Where to? Yeah. Then? So after the consent. Yeah, so like uh, another benefit is the co kind of quality control we talked about. Yeah. So instead of just having run and gun where maybe the sun is out one day, it's a, it's a cloudy day the other, um, you're going from different treatment room to di different treatment room, you can really control the quality when you have a workflow. You're kind of integrating the documentation and it really looks standardized. So, you know, even between different types of patients, you can kind of make some judgments and you can kind of see those differences more clearly it's truly a before and after as opposed to like a before that a weird angle with weird lighting yeah, and true. then an after that is this kind of off, you know, the, you got the, the back of the chair instead of the floor um, with like zero consistency. So you want to keep that, that high quality amount of imagery going. Uh, don't worry, I'm just laughing because I have these images in my head. Do you mean you see these uh, health photos where somebody will have a photo of them before they go on this particular diet then they'll have a photo of them <laughs> after the particular diet. And then before the diet, they're standing front on, grumpy look on their face, hair is greasy, hasn't been washed for a couple of weeks, and, and there's like a, a really crappy background there. They're like, Ugh. And then they take the photo and they're side on, yeah, slightly side on, different background. The hair's all done, the makeup's looking fantastic. And you sort of go, yeah, it's, it would have been great if you could have got exactly the same standing, for, yeah, the same angle. Yeah, and I have seen that in before and after photos of not just podiatry but other things, and it is when you see two photos, but you can look and go, oh, you can tell that is the same foot because it's the same background, they were on the same bench, or whatever, and you can tell, you can just tell from the lighting, it is the same person. Yeah, it's a little they're getting a little tricky sometimes with that, right? You know, they know that certain angles and certain photos will make someone look, you know more buff or, or look like they've lost weight when in reality, you know, maybe, you know, the good thing about the foot and ankles, you can't really suck it in though. No. Right. Like with your gut or those things, you can kind of suck it in and hold tight for a bit, but, yeah. uh, a fat foot's the, a fat if foot. you have, <laughs> if you have a good, if you have good angles at it, like you're going to get that true before and after. So you don't have to worry about getting tricked by the people taking the photos at all. Okay. What's next? So next is really, I talked about it briefly already, but it's, um, this is really the kind of marketing and educational opportunities these photos will open up for you in your practice. Yeah. You know, having this structured workflow. So, you know, with the structured workflow, like I talked about, it's that the consent process, right? So when they check in, letting them know you're going to be taking photos, getting that consent, uh, either, you know, before they even come into your office or they're at the office, consenting them for that. Uh, I would say like, if you have the space in the office, having kind of a, a small photo studio, um, and we, like people have questions about what that could look like, they can get in contact with me. But having that, that little photo studio almost in a similar way as a you know, x-ray machine um, in that little x-ray booth that people have or a little x-ray room, something set up similar. And then having you know, software is really, really important because whatever you take that, if you're using a DSLR or if you're using some type of uh, Apple iPad or an iPhone device, you want that to be automatically at attached to your EMR. And there's certain software that integrates with EMRs to have that stuff immediately available. And the reason we want to have that immediately available is that, you know, there are educational, along with the marketing, you know, you're going to be creating a ton of before and afters you could potentially put on Instagram, Facebook, other places with their patient's permission. It yeah. really shows people what you do. But then you can also have it you know, for our UK and Australian listeners who can't do that form of marketing. Oh no, you, you can, can do that. You you can you okay. can actually do before and after photos, and okay. as long as you have got the patient's consent, 
as long as you're not mentioning the patient's name and the patient isn't doing a testimonial or endorsing what you've okay. done. But yeah, you can do before and after photos without a problem. And I've seen a lot of people say, with patient's consent, and then they'll show the photos. But <laughs> we, when we used to do that, we I never wrote with patient's consent because I had the patient's consent. I don't need to tell everybody else I've got it. I wouldn't have posted it if I didn't have it. No, for sure. And I think like, so like that is that, that software piece is important, right? So the, the having the equipment to take those consistent photos in kind of a controlled environment, having the software that ties into your EMR. So then when you're sitting there with the patient, you can have that a frank conversation you can show them their foot their foot whether it's the a wart the size of the wart you know some types of software you can measure you can measure it to say okay now we know it's three centimeters we're going to try to do this swift treatment wart and you know it's going to take six tries but we'll you'll see the improvement over time you can actually show them yeah. the sequential photos so that, that you know that that to me is what is really really important because i think there's a lot of people still that they utilize social media but they're not really sure what they're supposed to put there they're supposed to put funny photos of them doing something that's like funny at the time, like TikTok dances or, you know, it's, it's okay to like show personality and, I, and I'm yeah. all for that. But I think there has to also be some clear content that people would be like, oh, wow, they they do that wart treatment. And I can see the progression in that video that they showed. It doesn't have to all be that, but I think when you have some compelling video and photo content, uh, you know, of of patients, uh, of their, you know, of these kind of before and after opportunities. And we didn't really get into this at all, um, today, but like, you know, this testimonial can be a part of it as well, potentially, uh, in the future, you don't have to do the before part, but, uh, you know, having a dedicated space, maybe the same places where you take your photos to get that, it can be kind of another way to kind of augment what we're talking about today, but, you know, really building up the, the amount of photos you have for your marketing and to help educate patients. Like I said, the last 10 bunions you did or the 20 different bunions types that you've done, you can show people what an incision looks like and they can be, have a clear mind, a clear idea and an image in their mind of what's going to happen and, and kind of get their expectations on the right level. Yeah, so there's three big benefits to doing it. One, strictly for the patient to show them before and after what, what's happened with their own foot or treatment over a period of time. The second thing is you can use a group of photos of a, a particular condition like you're saying bunion surgery Here's 10 people I've done previously with, with the same condition as yours, yeah, same level of severity. This is what it looked like afterwards, so they can go, okay, that's great. That's what mine's going to look like. But the third thing is then using it. If you're ever given the opportunity to do a talk or a presentation, yeah. you have got a file of photos. And I, I think <laughs> off the top of my head, it was Alan Sherman when he was on the Podiatry Legends podcast, and he mentioned something about a podiatrist came up to him one day and said, oh, do you have? I've got this talk on... So it was ingrown toenail surgery. Have you got any photos I can use? And he said, you've been doing practicing podiatry for 20 years and you're telling me you do not have photographs of nail surgeries that you have done. And so if it wasn't Alan Sherman, I, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure it was him that actually said that. And he just, he just surprised him that people didn't have photographs of what they've been doing over their career. Yeah, it'd be surprising. And I think this, this kind of getting this workflow going, you know, it, uh, that, that kind of documentation, I think that the talks is a great, uh, you know, a great idea as well. If you want to give professional talks either, you know, locally to, to, to community groups uh, or, you know, on the national stage at, at conferences, this, this is going to give you that original material that you can use in whatever ways you choose to. Yeah, definitely. So what else? Anything else you need to cover on this or... 
Yeah, so the last tip, yeah. it, uh, like we talked about, it has it's kind of to deal with that standardization, right? So, uh, you know, one idea or one maybe kind of um, objection people might have is, well, I don't really want to take much more of the patient's time, right? We're already really busy. I'm already trying to see 30 patients or 40 patients a day. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want to waste time doing this. But, you know, if you have a system in place and a workflow in place, you're going to be really efficient with your time, right? If you have dedicated space, it's part of the onboarding process with your staff, you know, incorporating this workflow is going to really streamline the process and make it time efficient. So, you know, you don't have to worry about, oh, I, there's an interesting case. Now I have to spend, you know, five or 10 minutes for my staff member to go take a photo of this. It's already done as you're onboarding and bringing the patient into okay. your practice. And then, or as they're exiting the practice with their, uh, you know, their kind of, after photo in a way. So time efficiency is really a benefit of this workflow um, if you can implement it. So no, in summary, I'd say like, you know, integrating a, a photo documentation and kind of before and after photo workflow, you know, it's a really, I think it's a, at the initial, it really starts at the initial patient visit um, and the onboarding process is really crucial for, you know, maintaining consistency, you know, legal compliance, patient engagement, you know, you, you create high quality photos that you can use in a, a variety of different ways. It's a really efficient use of your time and your resources in your podiatry clinic. And I think, like I said, it can really set you apart from other people because I don't, it's not something I see a lot in podiatry. And I know that it's going to take some time. It's taking a bit of training, um, but there are resources and people out there available to help podiatrists do this. So um, like I mentioned, there's some different software and some different uh, manufacturers of different types of custom or off the shelf, um, you know, audio, audio visual and uh, image software that can be used in a HIPAA compliant manner. So if you have those questions, maybe I'll leave, leave a few links uh, here in the show notes, or you can just, you know, reach out to me, Jim at podiatrygrowth.com. And I'm happy to, you know, give you some information and, and give you some ideas about you know, how you can use this before and after uh, photo workflow to really benefit your practice and your patients. Yeah, and yeah, that was that was a great summary at the end. But just one thing, I was just going to get back and when you're talking about the time efficiency, and I could see some podiatrists going, "Oh well, how am I supposed to fit that into my day when I'm already really <laughs> busy?" So I'm glad you touched on that. But it's like anything we talk about on this podcast. We'll throw out some different ideas, and if you ever catch yourself saying, "Oh, I don't think that would work for me," or "I don't know how we could make that work." just change the question to how can I make that work in my practice? And straight away, that will open up a completely different thought process of how can you implement before and after photos as part of your workflow? Not, we won't have time or I don't think that would work. If you look at it on the positive, you will find a way to do it. Because I think it's something that we probably do not do enough of. Well, it's one of those things too, like we, you know, like I think one of the problems with any, any clinic is like, how do I create, what's a time efficient way to create content for my social media? Right. And I, and I, and I struggle with that as well. Right. Like, cause you have to have something that's kind of on brand. You need to have something that you can do on a consistent basis that, you know, is going to be valuable to the people you're sending it out to. And if you work, if you build a workflow where this is part of what you do in the patient onboarding, that five minute, that extra three to five minutes, you're getting those photos, you know, you're, if you're seeing 30 or 40 new patients a week, just multiply that by the number of photos that you have yeah. the before and after. I mean, it's going to create a ton of helpful and really valuable content for all those channels. And obviously you can still make your TikTok videos, you can do your dances, you can show how you're impacting the community uh, in a positive way. But uh, this, is, this is an idea that I'm, I'm really excited for, uh, for more podiatrists to know about and then implement to their practice. No, I think it's fantastic. So, okay, Jim, on that note, I'm going to bid you farewell. 
This, I love this topic. This was really it got me fired up for a few few different reasons that I'll, <laughs> that I'll tell you off air. But I think it was great. So thank that, that, that was great. Thanks. No problem, Tyson. Okay. Bye see now. you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.